Remember to join Scotty and Hands Monday, October 7th from noon to 3 at Soundsleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. Time to talk jazz basketball with Craig Bowlerjack. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, glad to be back. How are you? Good. Basketball season is here. Expectations are all over the map. I will say that ranking teams 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in the West, a little misleading because so many people acknowledge there's going to be so little separation. But nonetheless, Jazz fans don't want to be in the 4-5 series again. Finishing fifth Uh, in the West three years in a row is enough. All these changes, they aren't as big. They sacrifice some size, but they add a lot of skill. They Obviously, it looks like they added shooting. So... How confident are you that they will not be in the fifth spot, which actually is where ESPN has them in the power rankings right now, that they'll be at least in the 2-3, and, and hey, if they're better than that, great. Which is where we're seeing some Vegas odds right now. Yeah, yeah, they're all over the place, as you mentioned. I saw the uh, I saw you tweet out, too, uh, seventh uh, overall, uh, fifth in the West, and you, know, you just kind of shake your head because uh, somebody's got to be right, somebody's got to be wrong. I've been to practice for three days heading out. Uh, for an 11 o'clock um, practice session again this morning. And you know what? Um, I like what I see. Uh, I mean, that's all you can do right now until you actually see them on the floor. But it just seems like there is an air of confidence, not overly confident, mind you. That's not going to happen with Quinn Snyder and, and company. But yet there just seems to be an air uh, of uh, confidence. Uh, there is a sense to me of just uh, a quick bonding that's occurred, uh, which is good news because that's kind of the jazz way of doing things as a, as a team concept. And I think as long as Donovan and Joe and Rudy are in that mix, that's just the way this team is going to perform. And I've been impressed with Conley. I mean, he's had, um, you know, uh, you know, he came off the court with an allergy or whatever it was, nothing serious, but he just is smooth, guys. I mean, I think, there again, that's where the air of confidence is uh, when you have someone – of his caliber and nothing against Ricky. Look, Rubio was a terrific individual and had his own ass, you know, his own positive assets. But Conley is just a, a guy I think that just demands respect. He's earned that, and I think again only helps Donovan grow as a as a guard and helps his team open the floor and become a better scoring team, which you have to be, as you know, in this Western Conference and. Uh, DJ, your point's well taken. I, I tell you, every night's just going to be a battle. I don't see a game that would be a yawner by any means, especially when you're playing a Western Conference opponent. It's it's going to be a rough road. Uh, and I think health, obviously, is going to play uh, probably the biggest factor when you see where the seedings are You know, come, come April. So I know that I've got – proven commodities and just about everybody that they've brought aboard, right? Because they're all veterans. They've been doing this for a long time and have had a lot of success. The guy that I'm most excited about because of what he brings for the team is what they haven't had, and that is the shooting at one particular position, and that boils down to seeing Bogdanovich get out on the floor and do his thing to me because I'm looking at the other guys of doing what they do, continuing to do what they do, think it's going to change much Bogdanovich is going to be the difference maker because they haven't had the skill that he provides yeah I'm impressed PK I you know I was just waiting to see him um 
up close and personal. And look, I see him twice a year. And, you know, with the Pacers the last two seasons, we know him as a incredible three-point shooter. You know, last year he was at 42 and change, and his career numbers are at 39%. And he had a career year scoring last year also uh, with the Pacers at 18. But you know what? I, I, I watch at practice, too. There's, there's more athleticism. You know, there, there's a slasher uh, that's inside him as well. And uh, he can run the floor. He's got terrific speed. I mean, I think the bottom line would equate to athlete. And, you know, sometimes you get in your mind that you just park yourself in the corner and wait for the ball to come to you. But, you know, I, I just saw him much more active than I expected uh, in the system. And maybe that's the key as they get out, they're running to their spots. But also, uh, they've dropped a few balls inside. He's finished, and I, I, you know, I just think that's more, you know, icing uh, on top of the cake. Uh, just the athleticism that I've seen from Boyan so far. So, uh, you know, another guy that's ju- that's jumped out at Davis. I mean, he's six uh, ten. So yeah, he would be a guy on the floor. He's got uh, relentless rebounding skills, and he's uh, terrific offensively to you know put the ball back up and in, much like a Derek Favors, and he. He gets out and runs. So there's a lot of athleticism that I've seen on on this uh, floor in practice so far. But, you know, against Adelaide on Saturday, that's when the Jazz kick off their preseason schedule. I don't know if that's going to tell us a lot, but I think the road trip next week to Milwaukee and New Orleans will kind of open up our eyes and, and give us some answers of really what this team can do. You know, there was talk a couple of years of trying to do what San Antonio did where you build up the bench, and if you do that the right way, your bench beats their bench, and it puts your starters in a great position. And the Jazz kind of had a good thing going there, and their bench was pretty productive. And now, and there's a bunch of new faces. Do they all fit together? Are they going to have a built-in advantage there against some teams? Well, I tell you, when you run it down, and this is the kind of way I built my chart, I've been working on this game for the last couple of days, but Again, this is all interchangeable, but I'm, I'm guessing that you see Conley and Mitchell in the backcourt, right? Rudy's not going anywhere, and Joe and Boyan uh, as the two forwards. But, you know, there's been talk Royce O'Neal could slide in at times, and I understand that. The guy's athletic and a good shutdown defender, getting better uh, in his third year. But look at Ed Davis, Jeff Green, O'Neal, Niang, who continues to blister the nets from outside from what I've seen. Uh, Moutier is a real interesting prospect for me he's only 23 guys as you know but in his fifth year and he made that decision to come here to get better he wanted to be coached he wanted to be uh taught how to play the position at a higher level so uh he's kind of an x factor and so is dante who's on the floor now uh, been given the clearance to go out and participate um and you know his skill set intrigues us all but we just you know we haven't seen him much over the last three seasons. So I think he and also Tony Bradley, uh, who's been working hard to really be another big to back up Gobert or come off the bench in small minutes. So those are kind of the bench guys with a few that still intrigue me. Um, I guess probably Jarrell Brantley's got quite an NBA body. And then what do you do uh, with Nigel William Goss, you know, who was an All-American at Gonzaga? who was overseas for a couple of years, and, you know, he's getting some reps as well. So when you, to answer your question, I see the Jazz very deep, uh, and that's that goes to your point, which I think is another thing that didn't happen last year when the injuries hit Golden State with Clay Thompson and, and Kevin Durant. You know, they're starting five or six, 
that six man, that that was basically the minutes that Steve Kerr had. They didn't have a really deep bench, and it really came came into play in the playoffs. But I think the Jazz are, are well suited, at least what I see right now. But we're all going to learn this together uh, when they jump on the floor um, this week and next. What's the TV situation for these preseason games? Uh, TV will go Saturday with uh, Adelaide, uh, the 36ers from Australia. We'll jump and do both uh, road games, Milwaukee, New Orleans. Uh, we'll give it a rest against Sacramento on the 14th, and then we'll finish up the preseason at home against Portland. And then the season opener, of course, on the 23rd against OKC. Okay. Uh, I wanted to touch on Ed Davis. You brought him up because I think that the one thing that this team that I'm not sure, I've been in the practices and we haven't seen any games, the one thing that they lost with the players that are no longer on the roster is the insurance for Gobert because obviously with Favors, they had the best insurance policy in the league, I believe, as far as a backup center with Favors, and he's off to New Orleans now. So what's the situation there for behind Gobert when he needs a rest or obviously heaven forbid that he should get hurt well tk that's that's really another great question and, and something i don't know if it's been totally decided but i'm guessing ed davis at 610 he's a little slight more you know slighter build than what faves had at 230 225 but what i've seen he, he's he's relentless on the rim which is very much what favors was able to do and a finisher once the ball's in his hands I think the question, too, is where's Tony Bradley fit in? I mean, he's 6'11", about 250, had a great summer league, as you know, and basically averaged double-doubles throughout Salt Lake and Las Vegas. So I would guess that those minutes, most of those minutes at this moment, for my eyes, would be at Davis's. Uh, Tony Bradley would I obviously uh, maybe jump in for a few in situations. Uh, I think Quinn's got a lot of ability to go – you know, small, big. Um, uh, you know, there's it's, there's a lot of combinations here that uh, Quinn Snyder has at his disposal, and I think that's a, one of the most exciting points for him. Is the only guy that really labeled is labeled as a five is going to be, and probably Tony is is going to be, uh, you know, uh, Gobert and, and Bradley at the five. Everybody else is just a basketball player, and I think that's where the league is. Uh, you know, that you really don't want to name or put a number on a player. You just go out and play multiple positions. And I think the Jazz really have that at their, you know, on their roster right now. Something maybe they didn't have quite as much a year ago. How much more should I expect out of Donovan Mitchell this year? And maybe more importantly, how much are Quinn and Dennis expecting out of Donovan Mitchell this year? Well, I think the first thing, DJ, is that what he expects, and that maybe is the most promising thing of, of all. He's been very vocal at practice leadership wise which we know that's just built in we saw that as rookie year but you know when he said to all of us and he said this even with usa basketball you know look he knows he has to improve his defense and he also has to make better decisions and for a young third year you know star to really still break his game down that deeply man i love it you know he's not happy with where he's at and the other part of the equation, too, is how does Mike Conley make him a better player with this expected more open floor type of offense, uh, which, you know, everyone's got to guard Conley. They've got to pick up Donovan. You know, when Ricky struggled, they would, uh, as you guys know, they, they, they slough off and they would double Donovan and crowd him. Uh, everyone's, I think, on the starting five, you know, has respect in this league, and they're going to have to be defended that way 
So here's the other question. If Donovan can get to the rim like he wants to and, and improve his three-point shooting even more, you know, he averaged, what, nearly 24 a game last year. I'm just looking at numbers that I wrote down for the game. But, you know, I, I didn't realize he was over five free throw attempts. I thought it was four and a half, but five, just a little over five free throw attempts. So how do you go from a 24-point-per-night guy to 26? Well, maybe is one extra three-point bucket and maybe a few more trips to the free throw line. And, guys, if he does that, I mean, is that not all-star status if he's in the 26, 26 and change range? I would think so. But I think Connolly will afford him more space and more abilities uh, to score and also to, to, to rock the rim, which, you know, again, could put him at the free throw line for more and one. So uh, I think Connolly's key uh, to, to the floor and the spacing of what the Jazz are going to get. And that only can help. It can only help Donovan Mitchell. Only can help him. So you're saying right now, anyway, Dante Exum is 100%? I am no doctor, but, I mean, he's on the floor, and that's something we haven't seen much. Uh, I think, again, through my eyes, he's on the floor and, you know, participating, uh, and that's that's really a big key for the Jazz to have him on the floor. So I would put him in the mix, PK, for sure, unless, and I haven't been told differently, uh, but I, I would expect that Dante – uh, is still going to be coming along probably a little slower than others just to get himself, you know, re uh, <clears throat> reintroduced. But I, I I think that obviously he's he's going to be a part of what the Jazz want to do and a big part of that bench. Uh, and you may see him slide in as a starter on occasion. I don't think Quinn. You know, last year, you know, Joe Joe Ingles has always told. Quinn Snyder, and it's no secret, look, if it needs to be that I need to slide to the bench and it's better for the team, he'll do it, which is unbelievable for a guy of his stature, and I think that's the beauty of this team, is it's the team concept, but uh, you know, I there's times that you may see Quinn decide to go, you know, guard heavy and maybe Dante's part of that equation. We're going to find that together, but uh, I think that he's a, he's a big part of what they they want, they need, and expect. And you just hope he stays healthy, PK. I'd love to see him play 75 games, right? I can see him missing a few here and there, like most players in this league today. Rarely do you get 82, except for Joe Ingles, uh, who's done it three straight years. But um, I, I think Dante, you know, not <laughs> – you say the X factor because he's Dante Exum, but he's going to be a big part of, of what the Jazz have in – what you taught, mentioned earlier, and that's the bench, the strength and the depth of the bench. That was a long answer. All I heard is, I'm no doctor. I'm no doctor. And when you I, said I, that, I, think, I thought I, I, everything that comes after this, he's hedging because deep down nobody really knows if Dante can survive an 82-game season. Well, it just hope. may not be and in the I mean, cards. He's been put together shoulder and knee, and now you hope. But, you know, the Jazz uh, have, have kept him. They've paid him, P, uh, DJ and PK. And so they see something that intrigues them to the to the limit, and I, I get it. I mean, we've seen moments where you say, "Wow, kid can play." He's he, his long his length will shut down guys running to the corner or running out to the baseline, and then he shows you a little bit of spark on that first quick step to the rim. You know, the thing is, I've got to see him play. I mean, I I think you do too, PK. You as well, Jazz fans, coaches. I mean, you can only live so long on in five years' time in this league on potential. You've got to stay on the floor and you have to prove what you have. And that's kind of my point. I, you know, 
I, I, I want the answer too. And but again, is he totally healthy? Only he and probably two or three other people know for sure. And my guess is yes. Um, and I'm excited to see him get on the floor and prove uh, and show us what he's got because uh, it's been a difficult start to his professional career injury-wise. And I think you're right. Stay on the floor and show us what you what you have, and we'll go from there. He's but cr- I am no doctor. <laughs> I am no doctor. I think you're going to hear that as a drop going forward. <laughs> Yak, you already have it in the system? Not yet? All right. Well, you'll hear it okay. at a later like Star Trek, I'm no doctor. I'm no veterinarian. I'm just a doctor, Jim. He's One of the Craig, great lines, I think, of all time. He's Craig Bowler, Jack. He's secretly a Star Trek fan. I did not know that about him. All right, Bowler, we'll, we'll see you on TV then Adelaide Saturday night, right? Saturday night. Uh, yes, sir. We'll be there. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Rays hit four homers and they beat the Athletics 5-1 in the AL wildcard matchup. Oakland's done for the year. Tampa Bay moves on to face Houston in the American League Division Series starting tomorrow. National League Divisional Series begins today. Cardinals and Braves, 3 o'clock on TBS, followed by the Nationals and Dodgers at 6.30 on TBS. Thursday night football, Rams and Seahawks, 620 on Big Fox and the NFL Network. Listen to the action on the Zone Sports Network. Patriots kicker Steven Gotkowski will have season-ending surgery for a left hip issue. He's the Patriots' all-time leader in points and field goals. He's been New England's kicker since 2006. Bill Bidwell, the longtime owner of the Arizona Cardinals, passed away yesterday, surrounded by family and loved ones. He was 88 years old. Top of the Wire brought to you by Homie. Buying or selling a home, Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? We're here with Rudy Gobert on the Big Show. How's these first couple of days of camp gone? How are you feeling about your game? I'm uh, feeling great. You know, feeling great about the team. Personally, I'm feeling great physically and mentally. So, you know, just uh, excited. How much different is it this year as opposed to last with new faces who are going to be playing key roles? I mean, obviously we have a lot of new guys, but I, I don't feel like it's that different. You know, the new guys got a lot to take in in this training camp and, you know, in these few weeks before the season starts. And the uh, coach has, has done a great job, you know, uh, showing them about our values and about uh, the thing that, we want to do it every night. Turn this out. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I am no doctor, but, I mean, he's on the floor, and that's something we haven't seen much. That's Craig Bullerjack talking about Dante Exton. I am no doctor. That'll live for a while. Bowler just joined us to talk about the Utah Jazz expectations. We've given college football the day off. A bye week, we've got 10 shows between Utah and BYU games, and the Aggies have a non-league game against LSU. It's the highest-scoring team in the country, averaging 57 points a game. Seems rather hopeless, PK. Yeah, we always thought that. So we have been discussing the Jazz. Media days in the rearview mirror. Camp is open. They're bringing in referees for scrimmages. Gearing up for the exhibition opener Saturday night against Adelaide if you want to go see the Jazz in a preseason game. Expectations. ESPN's got them seventh 
in the NBA. That's why I hate, I hate ESPN. I'll never pay attention to them again. Ever? That's it until they have a Yuta Cougar game. <laughs> or jazz game. No, I, I watch their games. But you don't care what someone guesses on ESPN.com. No, they so poo-poo. Okay. My jazz seventh. Vegas Vegas odds have them 54.5 wins. Can you accept that? That that's the top of the West with the Clippers, the Rockets, and the Jazz, the over-under, 54.5, and then you bet that they win more or they win less. Is that how that works? Which I guess means they might think someone could get up to like 57. Like last year, that was the Warriors were the one seed. Yeah, and I think that when you have a bunch of quality teams, that might lessen the overall victory total. But that's all relative anyway. So who really cares about that? If you're the best team... Uh, because the league or the the conference is tougher, so it has you know maybe three, four, five fewer wins than normal. That's fine too. I I just want them to be in the mix. I want them to be in the mix all season, and just be not. I I don't want like an eleven and thirteen start. I don't want that. I want them to be in the mix, man. I want them. Uh, let's see, eighteen and six off the top of my head. Wow. The first twenty five games, seventy five percent. First twenty five games, I want them eighteen and six. Yeah, the league's pretty deep. I'll take the under on that. So here's interesting. I just clicked on this while you were talking. Um, okay, so we read what ESPN.com had from a couple writers, but they also have their BPI, their Basketball Performance Index, and I don't know how they figure it out, but they do projections for the season, and they have the Jazz second in the West, tied with Denver, fifty two wins, and they give them a ten percent chance of winning the championship. 52 wins to be the number one seed seems low. Two. It's number two seed. I thought you said... Clippers are number one. Clippers are number one at 54. Jazz at 52. Nuggets at 52. Rockets and Lakers at 51. As long as they hold a tiebreaker over Denver, I'll take it. Utah-Denver in the second round with the Jazz having home court. We'll take a lot of Jazz fans to sign off on that right now. I'd take it. Yeah. And that puts the Lakers, the Rockets, and the Clippers over on the other side of the bracket. Because I don't believe in the Clippers that much. Define that much. Where they're the dominant team and everyone's chasing them. Would you pick them number one, though? I don't have any problem picking them number one. But, what but just I'm tell me it's a small margin. They're beatable right. at number one. I have to see Paul George when the pressure's on. Coming up big. Yeah. Right. And I didn't see it in the first round two seasons ago. That's because it didn't happen. So now I'm expected right. to see it in rounds three and four. Or round two when you're the favorite, if that should be the favorite, if you end up being. Because the thing about it, once we get to the postseason, then I think that the number one seed should be the favorite. So is he the new Carmelo? No. A good player who is oversold as a playoff performer? No. I think he's better. More well-rounded. A better fit for today's game. Okay. Carmelo was a shooter. A ball stopper. Yeah. Carmelo was a product of his era when it was about, you know, you had a star scoring a bunch of points. He was a prolific offensive player. I don't think he's as much dog meat as people made him out to be. Uh, well, that's why I said a good player, but oversold. But I think, I think Paul George could do more for you. And I think that if he has a better star, they'll take the pressure off him. And if he has two or three other players who could shoot the ball and so he's not necessarily counted on for a bunch of offense because he's got a phenomenal body he can do a ton of things for you he's a premier player I'm not down on Paul George at all I'm just trying to put Paul George in his proper context 
He's won five playoff series in his career, but none in the last four years. He's certainly not the number one option offensively, and he doesn't have to be here. And then let's see what the Clippers can do with some of their other guys. He hasn't won a playoff series since he sat out that year. That's yeah. the break. Yeah. It was five playoff series that he won in the three years before he got hurt. Had that horrific leg injury. Hasn't won one since then. I like the idea of him playing along Kawhi Leonard. As you would like anybody playing alongside Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi's going to make you better. That second championship, the first championship gave him... You know, really built the rep, but the second one took that rep to a whole new level. Yeah, the shot he hit against Philly will go down. The one hopping on the rim mm-hmm. and him in the corner. Yeah, he body language. He was on, running out of on. real estate as he was continuing to go to his right and go to his right and go to his right. And how many guys can make that shot? I, I don't know that there's that many in the history of the game. That uh, computer formula or whatever says Milwaukee's the favorite to win it. Give them a 25% chance. Clippers 16. Yeah, see, when you only have a 25%, I realize somebody's got to have the most, but that doesn't seem like you're the favorite. That's because we've had just these overwhelming favorites. I mean, you, you have the highest percentage, but I don't view the, that as the favorite. The Lakers to the Heat to the Warriors, it felt pretty locked up. And a lot of times we even knew who the second best team was. We see that with the draft, with the lottery. Well, they have a 20-person, whatever it is. Yeah, 25, can, yeah, I think it has been 25. Well, that's not that good. I know Three out of four, you're going to get beat. Yeah. And that's why I say this is the year that I think if you pick, if you gave me three teams, I'm not nearly, I might get the champion, but I'm not nearly as confident that I would. And I would take the Clippers in Milwaukee and then I have to think long and hard about who I'd take for a third team. Really? That's Man, you're so team. down on the Jazz, I can't believe it. Would you take the Jazz as the third team? Easily. And you're just playing radio. I am not. I don't play <laughs> Come nothing. On. The goal is to give you radio. I heard you earlier this morning when we were talking about your arrogance of, and your greatness. Obviously, the, the goal is to go, do well, good radio. Well, the goal radio. isn't to do bad radio. Hello, Captain <laughs> Obvious. Hey, we're going to do some bad radio, people. <laughs> this is my job. Hold on. I'm dialing it down over here. <laughs> I got a 14-year-old dependent I'm, on me. I'm bringing a little less. You know energy. what the enormous burden is to have a 14-year-old depend on you? What? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I do know, actually. Well, no, you used to know. I don't currently know, but I still remember. I, I know. I got a 17-year-old dependent on me. Right, a lot easier, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the burden is lifted. <laughs> and I got parent-teacher conference today. Uh-oh, pressure's on. How's that going to go? All I know is that 10.30, the bedroom light was still on. <laughs> <laughs> so something was going on in there. Homework? That's what I assume. Got to be up to speed. Got to have everything turned in. Yeah, that's what I, I assume. Got to do five assignments in the next We're hour. All up Let's go. Especially when you're out the door at 6.15. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All the quizzes are turned in. The book reports are up to speed. When I went to bed, the light was on. Ooh, I'm not behind Which normally homework. isn't the case. <laughs> In fact, I don't think it's been the case once this school year so far. This was a record, a high watermark. But at 3.30, I'm sitting down in front of teachers, and I better hear some good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you believe the whole ESPN computer thing, second in the West, fourth in the NBA, whereas the Riders had them seventh 
in the NBA, fifth in the West. Well, okay, does, can I argue that computers has less bias? I think you can build a ton of bias into this. I don't know how they do this. With computer or... You can. I, I don't know. I don't know how they weight it. That's, I mean, what, that's why I'm might, asking. You might take it out. You might not. I don't know their formula. And I'd like to know, okay, well, show me what you did the last five years and how close you were to reality and why did you miss? You know, LeBron, if you had LeBron last year and he got hurt, it's a little more Because every human being has bias. Sure. And I don't, I'm not saying that's bad. When you say no, that, people get defensive. They do. And you but say, it's not the, I, I have sports, bias. In sports, we hear East Coast bias and we have West Coast bias. I well, watch that, way more of the Western Conference the, than I watch these. And that's these. the same thing with me with my rap music. Oh, really? Yes. You're much more West Coast. Clearly. You're yes. Also, you're but also, the, you're also the, full of it. The old ESPN's background com- is pulling at ESPN's me. ESPN's computer formula says you're 87% full of no, it. No, I have East Coast, West Coast bias when it comes to rap. I've been going biggie. And Tupac. You were telling us earlier that you'd... Uh, Little Nas. I mean, I put him up there. You weren't feeling good about the way the Lakers put this together with LeBron basically cutting a deal to go to the Lakers long before his contract was up in Cleveland. And then they and then leverage what, Anthony Davis right out of New Orleans. Where do I slot Nunyo? I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Lakers, 5.8% chance of winning the title. And they got him tied for fourth in the West. So there you go. A shot, but again, it's uh, it's the Kentucky Derby. There's 20 horses. You're a horse guy. Put 20 horses on a track. Isn't that pretty unpredictable? Crazy stuff happens. It can happen. I would say more often than not, it doesn't happen. But somebody but might get, can get boxed in along the rail or something and no room to run. Well, that's what it feels like right now. It's the... Six, seven but I do teams know Secretariat's one of the five greatest athletes of all time. <laughs> trying to restart. That is indisputable. Who are the others? Willie Mays. Oh, just my personal heroes? Jim Brown. <laughs> athletes? Total I'm athletes? Still, I'm still waiting for someone to average five yards of carry in the NFL. Just got to go uh, Bo Jackson. Oh, yeah. That's... You want to go Dion? Dion. Can I go Dion? Do I just automatically put two sport guys there? Because then I got to go with Danny Ainge. Well, if you played in the Super Bowl and the World Series, you were doing something right. Really good teams wanted you on their roster. You had something going for you. Not that you necessarily carried either team, but you got something in your skill set that they like. Yeah, but so uh, if you were just so overwhelming in your own sport, though. Right. MJ. Overwhelming. So do I have to go just versus? You can do whatever you want. It's your list, and then we'll make fun of it. We learned it from watching you, all right? Because I'm tempted to put Tiger in there. I get that. But I got to have Secretariat. You're going to have to leave out a whole sport. I don't know which sport, but some sport. You can put Willie Mays in there for baseball. Your guy... Problem is, I didn't really see him. I know, I know he didn't. I know how old you are. I know for a fact you didn't and see most of his career. Whereas I, 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 have, I see Mike Trout. I was, I think He's I was just like an the, animal. Yeah. I was very young. I was in elementary school, and I don't know if I was first or second grade or something like that. And Mays hit his 600th home run. He hit it in San Diego against the Padres, and my dad was listening to the radio when it happened. And he goes, that's history. Dad loved to say that. I have no, that's I have no memory of that whatsoever. Hit it off. Ron Corkins. There's a guy nobody remembers. And, and then he was done. I mean, it was like he did the 600, and then 
it was over. I mean, he hit 660. He was done in two or three years. He was, that was it. That was the end. So, yeah, we missed it. Sorry, we weren't, we weren't around to watch baseball in the 50s. Holy cow, how old do you think we are? <laughs> or the 60s. It's like, I can really only go through my own knowledge. Right. And what I've seen. All right, so if you want to go since, uh, what, like 84, Jordan comes into the league, the NBA goes to 16 teams in the playoffs. That's 35 I, yeah. years of sports. That's if a pretty I'm going good sample. Pure athlete, I gotta, I, I gotta have Jordan on that list. Yeah, I just, I have to. Gretzky blew everyone away in hockey. Gonna put him on that list? Yeah, I don't have enough knowledge about hockey. I just can't. I can't speak to hockey. Brady, six Super Bowls. Six. I would go Lawrence Taylor. Linebacker. Pretty dynamic. You got to do it all. You got to drop into coverage. You got to be physical enough to stop the run. Got to go get the quarterback. Brady's accomplishments. I'm talking about athletic ability. Right. Well, you put, see, that's you go where accomplishments, the, obviously, Tom Brady's on that list. So when you're looking at athletics and being able to do everything, Dion and Brady. The physical toughness, well, their positions don't really call for that in the same way. Not that you don't have to be physical and be tough as a defensive back. I get that. But that's different than a linebacker being in the middle of it all, snap after snap after snap, and getting it done snap after snap. And being on drugs most of the time. And Bo Bo Jackson, he he had a combination of speed and power that, sorry, Dion, you didn't have that. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody have that. Right. Maybe Jim Brown did, but I never saw him. But the hand-eye on top of that proven with the way he could hit a baseball. For sure. Yeah. So if you want to just go raw athleticism, hard to argue with Bo because he showed off so many skills. Right, right. Dion liked the power. What is that? Is it the Oklahoma drill? Is that the when, when two guys right at midfield and the whole team gathers around to watch? Yeah. Yeah, Bo versus Dion. We're betting on Bo. I used to do Sorry, that. Sorry, Dion. I used to do that in high school with no pads. You're the man. You are the <laughs> man. You were a senior, and they were ninth graders, and you showed them who was boss. Yeah, I was a senior, all 140 pounds of me. <laughs> <laughs> Getting crushed by the 200-pound ninth grader. All right, DJ and PK, a lot of basketball this morning. Where do the Jazz rank? And, of course, it will all play out, and we'll all know a few months from now, but that doesn't keep us from speculating because it's fun. DJ and PK, brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. All right, your feedback, your tweets coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The head coach of the Utah Jazz, Quinn Snyder, you're certainly capturing a lot of national attention. I know you probably don't spend a lot of time on that stuff, but when you become a little bit of the hunted and not the hunter, do you worry about a mindset of a team coming into a season? Well, to be honest with you, we were picked third in the West last year. I don't think we're picked third in the West this year, so I don't know if we're being hunted or we're hunting. Or I hope we get hunted a little bit because that gives you urgency. And I hope we do some hunting too because <laughs> I think with that, whatever. Whatever the external perceptions are, you know, however we process that, it's important for our focus to be on maximizing who we are. And that doesn't mean you don't have goals. You know, ideally we have high goals and, you know, enthusiasm for those, but the way to get there is to kind of dig in. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. 
Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Knock it off, DJ. It's PK's job to be the contrarian, not yours. As Alema would say, know your role and shut your mouth. We can't fly under the radar like last year because we are way better than that. We are going to be gunned for from the get-go, and we need to show them who we are. I'm no doctor either, but I got a bleep you bill from the Snigs yesterday, and that is almost as good. Time for your feedback. Everything you've got to say about today's show. Brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Been talking this morning a lot about the Jazz and the preseason expectations. ESPN.com, with their power rankings, has the Jazz fifth in the NBA, in the West. Seventh in the NBA, but fifth in the West. Uh, Milwaukee and Philly are up there 2-3. Meanwhile, multiple gambling sites have the Jazz tied for the best over-under win total, 54.5, along with the Clippers and the Rockets. In one, another they're tied in 54.5 with just the Clippers. The Rockets are back. So depending on where you look, you can visualize the Jazz anywhere from 1 through 5. Brendan is not worried about being underestimated. It's fine. It gives us motivation to prove them wrong. It doesn't bother me at all bothers me a little bit because seventh seems a long way from the NBA title. You really look at this and think this is a title team? I think they can get to the finals. Okay. And so if you're in the finals. Then you got a shot? This year, I think you do. This year, do you think, and I think most years you can look at the NBA and if uh, you, know, you pick three teams and then I get the other 27, you're going to beat me because you're probably going to pick the champion with one of those three picks. This might be the year to take the field. It seems more wide open. I'd give the Clippers an edge because they have a guy who's won a couple championships with a couple different teams. Okay. But I don't feel like there's a slam dunk. There's not the big three in Miami. There isn't the super team at Golden State. Well, then why you asked me kind of a little bit of, wow. I thought you were going to jump in, and you didn't, so I thought I'd say, I'll say what I think then. But I'd like to tee you up. But you asked me in a form of, I don't think that they're a title contender. That's what I took from your question. I don't think they're in the front line of title contenders. But if this is the year where you tell me six, seven, eight teams might be able to pull it off, I'd say, okay, if you want to go with might. I saw somewhere someone gave the Jazz a, I think it was 538. Uh, I'll double check. Uh, But someone gave the Jazz a 5% chance of winning the title. I thought, okay, that's reasonable. They have a shot. They didn't have a shot when the Warriors had the super team. They weren't going to do it. They weren't going to beat the Rockets and the Warriors in back-to-back series and get to the NBA Finals. They just weren't. But now, you're right. Do they have a shot? Yes, they've got a shot. Is it a mad scramble? And would I give a couple other teams better odds? Yeah, I probably would. But you're saying there's a chance. Well, there's more than a chance. I look at them and think, Two or three in the West, can you get to the conference final? And everything after that is gravy. If they did that, I would declare it a successful season. If you get beyond that, great. But I'm really not expecting it. I'm shooting for the conference finals, and let's see what happens. You fall short, you fall short. So be it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll see you tomorrow from 6 to 10 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.